And it's a little harder on a website unless you have an active blog community, because really a blog is the only way to actually engage from a website perspective. And people are, if you're a big blogger and you've got millions of followers, and that's a good way to engage. But for most of us that don't have a million followers, social media is the best way to do it. You're listening to Lori Lyons, entrepreneur, marketer, and website maven from Ignite Marketing. In a moment, you'll hear some great advice about how to market your business online as well as the number one thing every business owner should know to maximize sales and referrals. Because Lori is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm excited to bring on the show Lori Lyons, who is the owner and creative director of Ignite Marketing, a full-service website design business, as well as she's a creator of the online program, Make Your Marketing Simple. And if that's not enough, Lori's like a Jill of all trades in the world of small business and entrepreneurship. She's not only an entrepreneur, but a speaker, marketer, author, and self-described website maven. It makes sense as her creative director of a website design firm, but she's not kidding either. I looked at her website and her headline challenged me right away with this question. Get this. Are you still using your mama's website? (laughs) (laughs) So that's okay. If you are though, uh, because today Lori's bringing over 35 years of business know-how to the show, including, and she promised to share with you, the absolute number one thing every business owner must know. So stick around to find out what that is. But Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. So excited to be here. I'm glad to have you on. And for my intro, it does sound like you do virtually everything. So what would you say is your true business superpower? Like what do you typically do all day in your business? Um, Help my clients with their marketing and with their websites. And one thing kind of, you can't do one without doing the other. So I start with their website design and we invariably get into all different aspects of marketing and ways that they can grow their business, which is just fun conversations to have. So you're helping folks who sound like they're just getting off the ground. So almost like startup level, let's get this business established as the kind of clients you typically work with. Yeah, typically I work with either just beginning clients, like you said, or maybe they've been in business for a year or two, sometimes three and they've had a do-it-yourself website, or they've had somebody design a website that's not meeting their needs as they've grown. So that's when I come in and can really sit down with them and talk to them about who their market is, what they're doing, and how their website can best meet their needs. Gotcha. And of course, entrepreneurship, it's it's a hot topic today. There's no lying about that. Uh, But you've been an entrepreneur for years. This is nothing new for you. So how did how did you get down that path from I don't I don't have a business, I don't, you know, know a whole lot. How (laughs) did you get to where you are today where you're helping other people get their businesses running? Well, it it was sort of by accident. I'm uh, you know, grew up had my education as teaching and through life changes that happens to all of us, realized that I couldn't afford date clothing as a teacher. So I left and went on to the world of business and started in as working in the creative business and sales and management and marketing and just kind of took advantage. My master's degree is in business and is in an administration from an education level. But because that incorporates so much that you do from a business, it really kind of all flowed. So um, fast forward about 10 years, 
met my husband, moved to New Jersey, and went to work um, with a marketing packaging company in the early 90s. <clears throat> Excuse me. And after about four years, I realized I'm giving him a lot of money to handle my receivables because we spent our profit 50-50. Wow. And as my, you know, the business grew, I was giving him a lot of money just to like invoice and get some payables in. And I thought, well, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, the computers were in, my husband is a computer guy. He set up a, one of those, you know, Dell 286s or whatever on my computer, my website, you, you know, still using DOS. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Still using DOS to invoice. And, and, you know, I said, well, I can do this. So I kind of went on my way of, setting myself up in business, about 99% of my clients came with me. Uh, these were before the days of non-competes and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the agreement with him, you know, I had his blessing. I just said I'd never, you know, interfere with his clients and he never interfered with mine. And we, you know, still have a you know, Facebook friends to the day. But um, so it really kind of happened organically and just because I wanted to make more money for myself. And as I said, that was in the, the early 90s, and I did marketing packaging. I did binders and folders and customized index tabs, and then it moved into video packaging and then DVD packaging. And so then in 2006, you know, by then, the internet was really starting to come on, and people didn't want binders anymore. <laughs> Everything was on the internet. So you know, it kind of, at that point, I kind of reached a crossroads and said, you know, I got to do something different here. So I really just fell into entrepreneurship. It was never my goal. It was never something that I aspired to. I just did it. You just started doing the work and then it kind of fell on your lap. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that sometimes happens. And, and, but the nice thing is you actually took the bull by the horns and ran with it and, and actually turned it into something big. Let's talk about websites for a minute because that is a big part of what you do. And I'll tell you, I've heard people, and uh, you started doing websites when, 2006, did you say? Is that when you kind of got into the website side of things? Yeah, I had a little bit of a break there, you know, 2006. And then, of course, we hit, you know, the, the economy and all that. And so 2010, I was looking for a job and found a job with a marketing, a digital marketing company and knew nothing. When I tell you I knew nothing, I meant nothing. <laughs> so, I, you know, I learned along the way, and I was account manager, that as, you know, if I taught myself how to do websites, and if a customer called in and said, hey, I just need, you know, can you change, we've been in business 35 years to 36 years. And if I figured out how to do that, then the customer was happy, the the support team was happy because I wasn't creating tickets for one word. So I kind of taught myself and, you know, it's the, the adage that if, you know, if it's on YouTube, you be, can become an expert at it is really true in my case. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that we've is, we've used YouTube and our family for learning how to juggle and everything you can imagine. It's oh yeah. Funny. Oh yeah. Yep. And I still have my book downstairs on called WordPress for dummies. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I like your story of how you kind of reinvented yourself and you don't have to, hey, things sometimes do go south, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the line. I think that's so important for people to realize that, you know, sometimes we, we get in these situations where, you know, I can't tell you how many times, Lori, I've started a business and it just went nowhere at all. And I used to be a computer oh, yeah. guy too. I was IT before I became a writer and then I've moved on beyond uh, just only writing to teaching and coaching. But the, the thing is, is you, you have to grow. And sometimes where you're at today won't be where you're at tomorrow. Oh, sure. I love, I love your story of how you, you had a pause and that's okay. It wasn't failure. It's a, this is a reset and we're going to push oh, a reset button and, and you've learned how to take digital media, which is brand new, but you've also got the concepts that you learned for, for years before that, because honestly, marketing is direct mail or if it's uh, web marketing, uh, there's a lot 
that's going to tie hand in hand uh, right together. Oh, absolutely. And, well, and uh, interestingly enough, my very first job when I left education was with the direct mail marketing company. We, we, we mail junk mail and that's where I learned all about, you know, marketing and mailing and, you know, the creative process and, and print and digital and it, you know, it just kind of went on from there. So it's, it's really interesting how it all kind of ties together. Yeah, and I, and I love it because I'm a copywriter, by the way, and so yeah. I write that kind of junk mail, or you know, a lot, a lot oh, of yeah. actually online these days. So it's, it's like a lot of your work is online these days, but you know, it serves a purpose. It, it oh, absolutely, value to readers who, uh, if you if you target the right prospect with with the right material, the right offer, what is going to help them? You've got a match made in heaven, and so that what's junk mail to one person is is gold for another. It's funny to talk about websites. You know, ten years ago, I had this this website. It was it was one page. Is the, I call it the world's greatest coming soon page. It had a picture <laughs> of three of my boys' feet all muddy, and it had a caption saying something like, uh, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. You know, they're busy making shoes, so they can't you know, make their own oh, shoes. And, you know, I was trying to make the idea, you know, I write website copy, but I don't have my own website. Uh, yeah. uh, it doesn't fly so well today, you know, and, and uh, it's kind of cheesy, but the real story today is, is a little bit different. I believe you'd be a proponent of make a website, but how important really do you think a website is today, and why is that important? Um, a website is more important today than ever, simply because there's so much going on with social media, and a website tells your story more fully than you can get in social media. So if you are directing your, your potential clients back to a website, and a website talks to what their problem is immediately, then you, you're golden. You're going to have them on your website. They're going to learn more about you. They're going to learn who you are. They're going to learn how you operate, what you work with. And it gives them a good customer experience where otherwise, if you're just saying, hey, read my Instagram post and there's nowhere for them to go, that's all they're going to know about you is that little microcosm of a, of a moment that you're taking a picture of. But if you're sending your clients back to a well-designed, well-constructed website that speaks to their problem, yeah, man, you're, you're golden. Yeah. And I, I think it's Pat Flynn that says something like, you know, if you build your your whole business on social media, you're basically building a house on rented ground because, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, they can change the rules anytime they want to. It's their platform. Oh, but if it's a website, it's your platform. And, and I, I agree with that 100%. But social media still plays a role. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you make that marriage between your own website and social media? How, how does that flow for your clients typically? It, they're actually two separate entities that work together. So you have your website that's all going to be about what your company is, how your company speaks to your client, what your, what your company can do to solve that, that client's problem. It's going to, you know, as, as well-known phrases, it's going to push their bruise. It's going to talk about what, they're, what they need help with and how you can help them. Your social media is really the best way for you to get out your voice. It's the best way to engage and talk to people and talk to your potential clients and get your brand out there. Um, it's immediate. It happens you know, instantaneously a lot of times, which is both good and bad. <laughs> and then again, if you're directing them back to your website, then they've got a full picture of who you are as a company and who you are as a, as a solopreneur for a lot of us. Right. So it's almost like you, you could say social media is a way where you find your audience and your website is where you keep them because that's where you build the relationship with them and you grow with them. And I would, I would add to that, not just a website, but a mailing list, because how do you communicate with your audience? If they just come to your website, and you don't have any information about who's coming to your website. You don't have a relationship. You, you have somebody who's a visitor. Right. Uh, but right. if you want a relationship, you, you need to capture that information. Oh, um, absolutely. And I take that even a step further that 
social media can can talk to them before they come to your website and then you can actually nurture your clients and keep your clients on social media so it can actually serve two purposes the biggest thing with social media is you know free is not always free that yes it's free to be on social media but free is not free when it, you consider your time and you consider you know that it could be your reputation and you've really got to watch what you're doing on social media yes absolutely it is opportunity cost and it's funny it's funny you say about your reputation because, you know, I, I'm an outspoken guy. I, I have very opinionated <laughs> opinions on many things. They're not always politically popular or, you know, popular with whatever way you go. And I, I struggle with that. It's like I, I am who I am, but at the same time, do I want who I am in a public face to be uh, the person who hinders somebody from being helped by me uh, sure. because they have an opinion of me that, that, that's maybe negative because I don't agree with their opinion? And it's, it's, it's kind of a balance act you have to follow there. And I'm still, you know, I'm still finding that balancing act for myself. Sure. And I think yeah, that's it's, important. It's interesting. I just finished um, my new business crush is a man named Mark Schaefer and have been reading a lot of his books and kind of binge reading his books. And I just read his Marketing Rebellion. He talks about that, how some of the bigger companies are taking a stand on a movement because a lot of the younger clients want that. They want to see what your business is doing for the, for the world, for, for the culture, for, you know, and sometimes it's dangerous for solopreneurs like us. Like you said, if you're not agreeing with somebody else's uh, policies, then they may hold that against you. So it's, it's a really fine line sometimes, you know, unless, unless you're Nike. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd say even Nike, I mean, it doesn't matter how big you are because fortunes can change overnight, sure. uh, even in big business. And, and we've seen it before, uh, I would say in, in a number of businesses recently, uh, but I don't, you know, I don't go to the political side of things. This is yeah, a business yeah, show, yeah. Uh, but, but it is, a, it is something to consider from social media, the aspect, who, who are you public facing? And oh, sure. for example, my, my Facebook profile, that's just family and friends. And then I get requests all the time. And I just simply just, I ignore or decline uh, kindly. I say, mm -hmm. thank you for the invite, but I'm, you know, I keep this, this personal, but then other areas of social media, I'm open to the world. And, yeah. and so there is, like you said, there is a, there's a benefit because people see the real you and there's a danger because people see the real you, What you have to do, I guess, is figure out who are you, be comfortable in your own skin and, Make sure that who you're presenting is, is the best you that you can be so that you can be the best help to the most people. I, I think that was maybe one way to present social media. But it's, it's more than that, like you said, because you know, I like what you said. It's kind of like a round trip. You have social media. You have your website. You have your email uh, list. And you can build community sometimes easier on social media than you can oh, absolutely. other ways because you have your audience in one place. And, and for oh, example, Facebook's groups is a good example of that. And, and they can communicate back and forth. And you don't necessarily have to be in the group uh, every single minute of the day just to uh, keep the conversations running. They're helping each other. And, and your fans can be your biggest proponents on those Facebook groups. Absolutely. And engagement is, is instantaneous. You know, you know, immediately, if somebody is listening or engaging and you can engage right back. And it's a little harder on a website unless you have an active blog community because really a blog is the only way to actually engage from a website perspective. And people are, if you're a big blogger and you've got millions of followers, and that's a good way to engage. But for most of us that don't have a million followers, social media is the best way to do it and do it simply and easily and quickly. That's right. And the funny thing is, is even a lot of the big bloggers these days have noticed that they may have comments on their blog, but they still get more engagement often by sharing the same blog post on, on Facebook or whatever. And people talk about it there. They're still using the blog, but 
that's that's their website, that's their SEO, that's their content, that's their how they're helping their audience, but they're building further engagement on social media. So it really is a round trip. I, I like how you said that. I want to kind of bring it back to a, another topic sure. here. You've had a lot of experience in business. So from the inside looking out, so to speak, what are some of the big marketing challenges that you find businesses and I'd say business owners, uh, especially like solopreneurs, small business owners, uh, what do they struggle with today? What do you see as a big challenge for them? Biggest challenge I see is you know, just where do they start? Because there's so much out there and there's so much that you can do. And again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, free is not free. Social media is so seductive because it's free and it's easy to do and you can jump right on it. But if you're doing it without a plan and you don't have a direction, you know, I, uh, the analogy of, you know, you don't hop in the car and, you know, and drive cross country without knowing where you're going and knowing how you're going to get there. So it's the same with marketing. I think we just think because today's, there's so many avenues that we could market today that you forget, you got to step back. Sometimes you have to take a step, a couple of steps back to go three steps forward and just plan where you're going to go. You know, it doesn't take long. It doesn't have to be fancy. But if you're, if you're figuring out what you want to do, then that will help. And I, I see that more than anything is people say, I don't know where to start. <clears throat> the other place that I tell them to start is really hone in and define your target market, who you work with. I see this a lot of times in, in personal networking when, when I go to meetings and people talk about what their business is. They'll say, oh, I help everybody. And I just cringe because now I don't know who you help. Everybody? Not really. You know, and, and so I think really honing in on who you serve and what you do and really digging deep and finding out what problems you solve for them. I'll use a realtor, for example, because we all know, you know, 14 million realtors. A realtor doesn't find somebody a house. They find memories. They find good times with their family. They find places that they can relax and chill. You know, they find a movie theater. There, there's a lot of things that they do besides just find a brick and mortar house with four walls. So really, really, that's what my challenge to business owners is really dig deep and find out exactly what you do and how you help people. Exactly. And in the copywriting world, would would call it get to the benefit, not the feature, the benefit. Yeah. And really beyond that, the deeper benefit. What does it really mean to them on an emotional level to buy that house or to buy whatever your offer is. Mm -hmm. right. uh, how is it really solving that problem? And not just the face of the problem, but what's the real emotional uh, hot button that you're nailing uh, when you present your offer? Are you offering confidence, for example? Maybe maybe you're somebody who's new to business and, and say, I don't know what to do next. And I, I know I have a great product here, but I don't know how to hit my audience. And, and then Lori comes along and says, well, this is how I can help you. Mm -hmm. And they have confidence now, and not just confidence, but they get results. It's just oh, why, why people hire you know, a business coach or a marketer or something like that so they can get results oh yeah I have a client who is she helps people she helps primarily women with shopping and she helps them with image and the clothes that they wear and she doesn't you know I've gone shopping with her she didn't buy me pants and a shirt she bought me confidence she bought me presentation she bought me for professionalism you know she helped me upcharge and upscale my business so she's helping me make more money and there's just so many things that she did besides buy me, you know, help me buy a shirt and a top. So it's, it's really interesting, you know, when you dig down and find really the benefit and push that bruise of, of what somebody's pain and problem is. Right. And then you're, and then you're bringing the healing. Mm -hmm. the Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we did promise in the intro that we would uh, tell our listeners from you, the absolute one thing every business owner must know. And I, I, I believe you kind of, 
probably tapped on a little bit already, yeah. but why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah, we tapped on a little bit. It is, it is identifying your target market. And there's so much talk today about, you know, finding your avatar or your persona. And, you know, and that's true to an extent, but sometimes you have more than one avatar or more than one persona. But you want to really just sit down and, and think about who I want to work with and who, how niched I can get. Because the money is in the niche. If you can really niche down and talk to a very specific group of people, it doesn't mean that you're not going to sell to everybody. It only means that you're going to market to a very specific group of people. And that, to me, is the secret of, of your marketing. If you can really hone in and niche down and identify who your persona or your avatar is and really identify what their problems are, and I love what you said, and then help heal them, <laughs> then, I will steal that, <laughs> then, you know, then I think you've, you know, you're going to go a long way with your marketing. Yeah, and there's, there's a reason they say the riches are in the niches. And I, I, I hear it all the time. There's something else to that too, and, and that is if you're talking to everybody, you're really not talking to anybody specifically. And when you're building a relationship with somebody, you don't talk over their head as you're talking to the world. You're talking to that one person. And Absolutely. so your, your marketing, your, your relationship building, your emails you send out, whatever it is that you're building your business with, there may be multiple avatars, and so you, you may have to pick one. Uh, for that email, but you need to make sure that you're talking personally, one-on-one. -on -one. You're, you're sitting across the table from your best friend, your Aunt Sue, whoever it is, and you're helping them with what that problem is, that bruise, bringing the healing. What you got to do, though, is you, you have to bring it down to, why am I helping this person? And if I'm trying to help everybody at the same time, I'm helping no one at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're out, you know, marketing your business and talking to people, if you don't know specifically who you're talking about, you've lost me because, you know, the world is so big. When you tell me I help everybody, I don't know, I don't know who to bring to you. I don't know, to, know who to find. And, and, you know, but if you can tell me I'm specifically looking for this person, then I'm, I can, you know, mentally search through my Rolodex and go, oh, yeah, let me introduce you. You know, and it makes it's my job so much easier. Absolutely. And it's, you don't have to be, you know, all things all people. And by no. the way, competitors aren't always competitors. Sometimes they could be friends that they, they handle the customers that aren't a good fit for your business. And oh, that's why we do referrals a lot of times because I say, I don't want to deal with that person because that's not really a good fit for me. And that's so true in the world of, of solopreneurship. Uh, mm -hmm. when, when you're running a business, uh, you have limited resources. Now, you could build a team and they don't have to be employees. They can be teamed that are outside right. of you. But at the same time, helping the people you help best is going to be best for you and your, and your client so, or your customer. So oh, that's absolutely. what I always recommend. Thank you for sharing that because I, I agree. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bring it a little bit deeper though because you said you know, the key is they must know their target market. So how would you recommend they go about finding who is their target market? That, that's really the key question, isn't it? Is, yes, I know I need to have somebody, but how do I determine who that person is? I start with who I like to work with. I look at my current client base. And say, so these are the people I really, because to me, if I can't have fun while I'm working and be in business, business doesn't have to be all like straight laced and pound the table. And, you know, <laughs> because I think I love what I do and it's fun what I do. And I want people who are excited about it as well. So I tell people really sit down and look at who you enjoy working with. Who are people that you just connect with and start there? Because then you can narrow it down and say, okay, now let me look at my client. I'm getting, you know, my client, my current client base. I'm getting most of my business from this group. There's probably a, a skill set that I have that works with them. And then if you don't have clients, if you still don't have, you know, if you're just, if you're so new that you're, you're starting out, then I'd look at who I want to work with. I'd look down and say, you know what? 
I am um, I am a personal trainer and this is what I feel like my skills are. So this is the person I'm going to work with. I'm looking at someone that's maybe, you know, a young mother with two kids that doesn't have time to exercise because she's working a job and she's coming home and you know trying to take care of the house and the kids. So that's going to be my niche. That's who I'm with because that's who I enjoy working with because I can relate to that. That's me, you know, or somebody older, whatever, you know, it, but just that's where I would start. That's great. And I would say the same thing because I, I started my business as a copywriter. Uh, that's, that's where I became a freelancer out of the IT world. And mm-hmm. at first it was like, I don't know who I really want to write for the most. So I would write for anybody that give me a paycheck. <laughs> it oh, didn't yeah, matter. Absolutely. <laughs> but at the same time, I had to decide where am I going to focus my efforts? And eventually it came down to, for me, it became natural health and eventually expanded to include the niche of emergency preparedness and survival because that was a passion of mine that I had mm-hmm. an interest in. And so I felt I could help people reach other customers who were like me. So right. it made sense. And so I enjoyed writing the material that was targeting readers who would be like me. So mm-hmm. that made sense at that point. But you, you do have to you know, figure out who is the person you can best help. And again, that might be the person you most like to work with, like Lori said. How, how do you like to work with Steve Combs? Maybe you don't like working with Steve Combs. Maybe you would much rather work with Lori. Call Lori. <laughs> you know, yeah. Whatever it is. And, and there's... And boy, one thing that irks me is there's this scarcity mindset. It's like, I can't ever give a good word to anybody because there's only limited business go around, by the way. Uh, oh, no. When they say a rising tide raises all ships or something like that. Yeah. I believe that. You know, the more, the more you help each other is the more everyone benefits. That's just right. the way it works. And that's, right. that's why I bring everyone who I think can help this audience on my show because I want them to get the benefit of their experience and knowledge. Oh, Sure. Sure. And, and, and I don't think there is a such a thing as a competitor. You know, even the company that I used to work for, I've referred business to them, even though I got laid off in 2013, you know? <laughs> because, because they have a very different skill set than what I, what I bring to the table. I remember years ago, I was, I was selling jewelry and I had just started selling it. And I knew somebody else who sell jewelry and I, I called her and I said, I'd like to find out more about what you do, what your products are, because I don't, I sell a very limited amount. And she scratched her head and said, why? I'm like, well, because, you know, and then I had an instance where one of my jewelry clients needed clip earrings. She didn't have pierced earrings in this day and age. I knew this woman sold clip earrings, but I had no idea what she did because she wouldn't meet with me. And I just scratched my head over that. You know, I love meeting other, other entrepreneurs in, in this space because you learn from them and there's a synergy that, that is just, Fun. I'll go back to my word fun, you know. <laughs> I agree that uh, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a tangent here for a minute. So it's <laughs> the audience. But, you know, I've been to those networking meetings, like the local networking meetings, and they'll let you have like one person of any kind of business in the entire networking meeting. And I'm gonna tell you, I think they're doing themselves a disservice because mm-hmm. if you only have one person of a niche that you can allow somebody to be possibly referred to, you may not be referring somebody to the best possible fit for them. And so for yeah. that reason, I don't even join those groups. Um, I just don't think it's a good fit for, for anybody to narrow your focus so much that you can have only exactly one company that's ever a good fit for anybody in any given area of business. And so and, that's, my, that's my little rant today. Hey, I'll take your rant a step further <laughs> because what bothers me about, the, about most of them is you can't be a member of other networking meetings. Oh really? boy. Why? How would you network? You're only going to network in that. So that's my that's that's my soapbox. I haven't even heard that a networking <laughs> yeah. non-compete. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I can it's a networking non-compete. We have a couple of those here in Atlanta. It's like really. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> so, yeah. a non-starter here, boy. I tell you. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. 
Lori, I, I've loved this conversation. I do have one more last question for you. Sure. I like to ask my, my guests this because it, it kind of puts you on the spot a little bit, but it also helps you think and maybe it'll be helpful to you to think about or maybe you've already thought about this, but what's next for you in your business? Like, what are you doing right now? Or um, if I were your coach, let's say, what, what should you be doing right now to take your business to the next level? What's going on with you? Well, it's interesting because number one, starting my marketing, uh, my online marketing program will be taking it to the next level. But also for a long time, because I was a solopreneur, I kept thinking, well, people are hiring me. They, you know, I can't bring anybody else in to help me because they're hiring me. And when I made that paradigm shift from it's only me to, wait a minute, I don't do this, my company does this, then that immediately helped me open up to grow because it opened up avenues for me and forced me in a direction to do that I probably should have done a couple of years ago when I was working, you know, 24 seven, trying to get all this stuff done. And so just that simple shift alone really helped me is going to help me grow over the next over the next year or two years, bringing people on to help me and, you know, and say, it's my company that they're working with. And I'm going to creative direct it, but I may not be hands on for every single piece of it. That's That's exciting. So you're, you're growing your company, which is great. I'm curious, are you going to do it as like a W-2 employee style? Or are you going to do, hire them as like freelance contractors, 1099 style? Or how oh, do you envision that? 1099 freelancers. For right now, it could be a different answer if we you know, have a conversation next year. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right now, because I need so many various and different people, my company is, is still not at a point where I can bring on three or four different full-time people. So you know, I've got a great network of people I can call on that are freelancers that you know, quite honestly, they don't want to be employees either. Once you've, you know, once you've been a freelancer, it's hard to go back to, <laughs> to being an employee. Yeah. I'm, I am totally unemployable now. Yes, me so. too. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even fathom the idea, honestly, of sitting in a cubicle again. It's not going to happen. Just not oh, yeah. going to happen. I'll, I'll be eating pork and beans all day first. It's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. But, uh, I, I like what you said there, though, uh, about building a team and, and, and I want to just point this out to the solopreneurs listening to this. Yes, you're a solopreneur today. That does not mean you're alone in the world. And, and whether it's networking with other people, other businesses, other business owners, other uh, ways of reaching clients and audience, or perhaps, you know, maybe you're bringing on new people in your team and it could be a W2 employee, it could be a 1099. It's, it's not a failure because you're doing something different. It's what is right for you at this stage of your business. And, uh, you know, I, I personally bring on any employees whatsoever. However, that might change down the road. Like Roy said, you know, next year we may have a conversation. It might be totally different. It could be the same for me. It might be totally different next year. But right now, I'm, I'm loving the freedom and flexibility that a business of one offers and allows me to travel with my family and, and to, if I want to take a day off, I'm taking a day off. Um, obviously, I got to make sure my, my client's projects are taken care of, but, but my deliverables are. I have a responsibility to meet those, uh, but I have the flexibility to work around that. And that's the real benefit of being a solopreneur to me and, and uh, I'm sure to most solopreneurs. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're doing a lot of traveling with your with your family and all their activities too. So we do. Yeah, that, that absolutely. And I will also add this to it. When you get to that point that you think you need somebody, it's probably too late. Hire somebody or bring somebody on to help you before you actually think you need them. Because we all tend to think, oh, I can, you know, it's going to take me longer to for somebody else to do this and it will be, be for me to teach them. But it's the old saying, once you teach, you know, you don't teach them to you don't hand them the fish, you teach them to fish. Right. And that's, I wish, that's the one thing that I wish that I had done differently is start doing this earlier. I would have gotten a lot more sleep six months ago. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the biggest advice I can say is do it before you, you feel like you need it. 
Right. And you can start small. You don't have to hire a full-time person. You know, you can start it project by project or, Hey, let's, let's try working two or five hours a week. Maybe maybe it's a virtual assistant or whoever uh, you're offloading work to get some of that busy work that is not part of your core competency off of your plate. So you can focus on helping your clients better and get, get that other junk off to people who that's their superpower. Absolutely. And there's people out there who will do anything. If you just have to look for them. You know, there are, the VA world is so full of talented people that are very niched because the riches are in the niches. Uh, there are so many people that are, are so niche that you can find whatever you need to help you and very reasonably usually. That's right. And, and it's also true the saying that, you know, what I love, you may hate and what you love, I may hate. And so we work together yeah. and, and we both do what we love. And yeah. so that's great. Well, thank, thank you, Lori. This has been a wonderful conversation today. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's been helpful for our listeners, but I'll want to make sure they have a way to reach out to you and to connect with you. What's the best place for them to find you at? Actually, they can contact me off my website, igniteingyourbusiness.com uh, or makeyourmarketingsimple.com and they can link, they will link back to each other. So you only have to remember one. I'm also on Instagram at Lori A. Lyons underscore or Ignite underscore marketing. They can reach me either one. Um, I'm on LinkedIn at LA Lyons. So a couple of different places on social media, they can reach me. Yeah, a whole list of they're probably sitting there furiously writing down, but don't worry about it. I'll put it in the show notes. You can go to the Perfect. website, check it out in the show notes. You'll find it all there. And, and by the way, I just want to point out, Lori also provided very generously uh, a free report for those who are trying to get their business off the ground. And you want to make sure that your business is going to write your extra. Perhaps you're, you're hit a plateau and you need to kind of move your marketing mindset a little bit further along. And she's got this, this great report. It's called Three Simple Marketing Shifts to Create Clarity and Momentum for Your Business. And she had mentioned that website earlier, makeyourmarketingsimple.com. I'm going to give you the direct page that she told me earlier. Uh, you can find this report at makeyourmarketingsimple.com slash forward slash success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Uh, so make sure you go out there, grab a copy of that free report. And, and Lori, thank you so much for being on with us today. Oh, thank you, Steve. It, it's, it's been fun. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, it's Steve Combs. Just wanted to thank you for listening today. You can find all the links and show notes from this episode at startgrowsore.com forward slash 003. And if you found value in today's episode, be sure to click the subscribe button so you won't miss a single episode that can help you start and grow your own successful solopreneur business and design the life that you truly deserve. And again, thank you for listening.